LF podcast, where we're focused on fashion, fitness, and of course food. This podcast is all about bringing these three parts of your life together to help you get the most out of your passions. We're here to help you look your best, feel great, and also indulge in some maybe not so hidden temptations. <laughs> we are by no means experts in any of these fields, but we do hope to bring people to the show who know what they're talking about and can help you with some of these aspects of your life. You only live once, so why not live a life worth living? Today on the Triple F Podcast, we have an absolute doozy for you. <laughs> right now, it is restaurant week here in Chicago. That means for the next two weeks, people are going buck wild making reservations at hot new restaurants, restaurants they've never been, or restaurants they wish they can go to instead of their friends getting in. So what I decided to do is do a little reading of a fun article with commentary PewDiePie style where I give some feedback on the article. The article is, I made my share of the top-rated restaurant on TripAdvisor and then served customers Icelandic ready meals on its opening night by Upa Butler. Some of you may have heard about this all across Vice or the internet right now. This story is absolutely wild. This guy sits there and turns his backyard in London, which has a shed in it, the quote-unquote shed at Dulwich, into the number one ranked restaurant in all of London by altering reviews on TripAdvisor. If you're in for a little treat, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode about I Be My Shed, the top-rated restaurant TripAdvisor by Upa Butler. In first person. Once upon a time, long before I began selling my face by the acre for features on Vice.com, I worked other jobs. There was one in particular that really had an impact on me, writing fake reviews on TripAdvisor. Restaurant owners would pay me 10 euro and I'd write a positive review of their place, despite never eating there. Over time, I became obsessed with monitoring the ratings of these businesses. Their fortunes would genuinely turn, and I was the catalyst. This convinced me that TripAdvisor was a false reality, that the meals never took place, that the reviews were written all by other people just like me. However, they're not, of course. They're almost all completely genuine. And there was one other factor that seemed impossible to fake, the restaurants themselves. So I moved on. And then... One day, sitting in the shed I live in, I had a revelation. Within the current climate of misinformation and society's willingness to believe absolute bullshit, maybe a fake restaurant is possible. Maybe it's exactly the kind of place that could be a hit. Question mark. In that moment, it became my mission. With the help of fake reviews, mystique, and nonsense, I was going to do it. Turn my shed into London's top-rated restaurant on TripAdvisor. Setting up the quote-unquote shed at Dulwich, April 2017. First of all, let me introduce you to my site, a shed in South London Garden. To get started, I need to get verified, and to do that, I need a phone. 
one 10-year-old burger later, and the shed at Delwich officially exists. Now I need to list an address, but doing so makes easy work for any skeptical fact-checkers. Plus, I don't technically have a door. Instead, I just list the road and call the shed an appointment-only restaurant. Ooh, risque. You know all those three, four-star restaurants are appointment-only, reservation-only, especially during restaurant week here. <laughs> Try getting in before anywhere between the time of 5.30 and 9.30 at night. I can only get in at 5 o'clock or 10.15, and I'm a foodie. On to my online presence. I buy a domain name and build a website. Hotspots are all about quirks, so to cut through the noise, I need a concept silly enough to infuriate your dad. A concept like naming all our dishes after moods. Hmm. This is interesting. Never heard of that before. Now, to add some soft, focused images of our delicious dishes. Picture of some cute little circular dish with a lot of great things, but then in reality, it's just... A bleach, a Clorox bleach cleaner for your dishwasher, some Gillette hand and face moisturizer, and some shaving cream. Absolutely disgusting. All perfect up and looked ready to go for food, but you wouldn't know the difference looking at pictures. Here's another picture of kind of looks like a little dessert. Turns out shaving cream, paint, and a little shoe shine polish. Absolutely disgusting. But you look at the picture, you like it, you think it looks good, you're all of it. My favorite is an egg, sunny side up. Bunch of little flakes of what you assume is pepper and some piece of meat behind the egg. Turns out the egg is actually laying on his bare foot. Disgusting. Now, with the concept, logo, and menu nailed down, it all comes together. I submit my TripAdvisor forms. The rest is up to God. On the 5th of May, 2017, I wake up to an email from TripAdvisor. Hello. We're excited to tell you that your listing request has been approved. It's on our site for everyone to see. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to let TripAdvisor community know about the shed at Dulwich. Best regards, the TripAdvisor support team. No, TripAdvisor, I wish to thank you for giving me the opportunity to let the community know about the shed at Dulwich. The foreboding here is absolutely killing me. Getting the shed to number one. I started out ranked at 18,149, the worst restaurant in London, according to TripAdvisor. So I'm going to need a lot of reviews. Reviews written by real people on different computers, so the anti-scammer technology TripAdvisor utilizes doesn't pick up on my hoax. Smart thinking here. Probably comes a lot from his ability to be paid by TripAdvisor to write the fake reviews. I need convincing reviews, like this one. Quote, If you enjoy Chef's Table, you'll love it here. Dig down in. My husband and I like to occasionally take a weekend trip to London from our home in Warwickshire. We like to explore the quirky sides to London, and we're big foodies. We stumble across the shed at Delwich via TripAdvisor. Apparently, they do not offer online bookings, so I went to the old traditional route and picked up the phone. Well, it just took over a week of phone calls to get through and finally booked a table. Not ideal, but we're still very excited for our upcoming booking. 
We were not disappointed. The whole experience was fantastic. Our waiter was so attentive, nothing was too much for him. As the sun was setting, we were offered blankets. We politely declined. One had a stain on. But nice touch adds to the al fresco feel. The portion sizes weren't huge, but quality was fantastic. The earthy taste and freshness of the food was something else. The menu changes regularly as most of the food is homegrown. What a delightful ideal. We'll certainly be back. Great review. Sounds phenomenal. I would definitely go to a restaurant like that. Unfortunately, he had a celebrity endorsement from a celebrity in London called Sean Williamson taking a picture of him eating food randomly in a cafeteria saying, come eat here at the best restaurant ever. Oopa decided not to use this. Very smart man. So, what he decided to do instead is contact his friends and acquaintances and put them to work. Next chapter. Climbing the ranks. The first couple weeks are easy. We crap the top 10,000 in no time. But I don't expect much in the way of inquiries quite yet. Then, one morning, something extraordinary happens. The shed's burner phone goes off. Startled and hungover, I pick up. Hello? Is this the shed? Yes? I sound like a radio that needs bleeding. I've heard so much about your restaurant. I know it's a long shot, as you get picked up so quickly, but I don't suppose you have a table tonight, do you? Panicking, I abruptly respond. Sorry, we're fully booked for the next six weeks, and slammed on the phone. I'm stunned. A day later, I feel another vibration. A 70th birthday booking. Four months in advance, nine people. Things are starting to heat up. Emails? Question mark? I check my computer. Tens of appointments requests await. A boyfriend tries to use his girlfriend's job at a children's hospital for leverage. TV executives use their work emails. Seemingly overnight, we're now at number 1,456 from the 18,000 number. The shed at Dulwich has suddenly become appealing. How? I realize what it is. The appointments, lack of address, and general exclusivity of this place is so alluring that people can't see sense. They're looking at photos of so my foot drooling. Over the coming months, the shed's phone rings incessantly. Next chapter. Things are getting a bit out of control. By the end of August, we're at number 156. And things start to get a little out of hand. First, companies start using the estimated location of the shed on Google Maps to get their free samples to me. Then people who want to work at the shed get in touch in significant numbers. Then I get an email from the council which wants to relocate us to a site in Bromley they're developing. Then an Australian production company gets in touch saying they want to exhibit us across the world in an aircraft company in-flight video. And then I finally have a Skype meeting with a results-hungry quote-unquote, air quote, PR agency that promises to get the shed on top mail online with a Batman-themed launch and a 200-year-old Lizzie Cundy appearance. The representative calls me obviously pretty cool, which is nice, but ultimately I decide to promotion myself. <laughs> the lack of research going into that by a PR company is absolutely wild. The fact that they can't even find this guy online, but they want me number one, I read you. Next chapter. The final push. Winter has arrived. And we're at number 30. But that position won't budge, no matter how many reviews I throw at it. Otherwise, though, things have taken a turn. 
People approach me on the road to ask if I know how to get to the shed, and the phone rings more than ever. Here's a review. Hi, I never realized you were there on Freedom Road, just two blocks from us. Any chance you have room for two on September 28th for my wife's birthday? This would be our first time out alone since having our first child. The tones of the email shift, with people from all over the globe asking to visit. And then, one night, I get an email from TripAdvisor titled, Information Request. Uh-oh, the game is up. I've been rumbled. My fingers tremble as I open it. 89,000 views and search results in the past day. Dozens of customers asking for information. Why? Well, on the 1st of November, 2017, six months after listing the shed at Dulwich Online, it's London's top-rated restaurant. A restaurant that doesn't exist is currently the highest-ranked one of the world's biggest cities, on perhaps Internet's most trusted review sites. On TripAdvisor's website, the company says it's dedicated to quote-unquote significant time and resources to ensuring that the content of TripAdvisor reflects the real experiences of real travelers, end quote. So I get in touch with their whole process is finished to ask it how I've managed to sidestep that rigorous checks. Quote, generally, the only people who create fake restaurant listings are journalists in misguided attempts to test us, end quote, replies representative via email. As there is no incentive for anyone in the real world to create a fake restaurant is a problem we experience with our regular community, therefore this test is not a real world example. Which is fair enough. I can't imagine this happens often. The representative adds that most fraudsters are only interested in trying to manipulate the rankings of real businesses. So the distinction between attempted fraud by a real business opposed to attempted fraud for a non-existent business is important. To catch these people out, TripAdvisor uses a state-of-the-art technology to identify suspicious review patterns and says, our community too can be report suspicious activity to us. They then quote a 2015 study that found 93% of TripAdvisor's users say they find the review that they read to be accurate of the actual experience. So there you have it. It's done. <laughs> but let me tell you, it is lonely at the top. Only it doesn't stop. I leave the shed's phone at a friend's house over a long weekend. When I get back, it has 116 missed calls. So I start answering again. We're booked up, I lie. We are christening, another lie. Hello, the shed at Dulwich? Oh my goodness, a frustrated woman says. I finally got through. I have tried to talk to you since August. I've never heard anything back. Now I've created this reality. I think the only thing left to do is make it a reality. In just four days, London's best restaurant will come alive. I'm going to open the Shed at Dunwich. The big night. But how? I never had more than three people around at once, let alone provided dinner and drinks for 20. There's only one way to do it. Recreating the exact location people have been describing reviews for the past six months. Their food reminds them of home. Well, I'll serve them up they grew up eating. Ready meals. Or TV dinners for us Americans. <laughs> People like the real classy vibe, yes? Well, see that Wendy's house? It's going to be filled with chickens, like lobsters are at an expensive restaurant, so people can pick their chicken. Our success is down to the gaming of TripAdvisor. I'll fill half the tables with people I know, talking loudly about the delicious everything is. How are we going to achieve this unmistakable ambience of a real restaurant? By getting a DJ to play some sounds of a real restaurant? To work, Wendy's house? The shed? 
How about some chairs that look eloquent and very homely? Soon, Joe, his friend, and the chef for the night shows up. He spent the past decade traveling the world working in fine restaurants. A man worthy of these sheds whites, if there ever was one. Now, we've got to produce the source. After a quick run to the grocery, they're all done just picking up different to-go meals for 31 euro. Back at the shed, Phoebe has arrived. She's an intuitive waitress who can really get across the nuances of our menu, like how, by serving pudding in mugs, we're aiming to replicate the experience of what it's like to eat pudding out of a mug. For the starter, it's minestrone de verdure. For mains, a choice of truffle mac and cheese or a once-in-a-lifetime vegetable lasagna. For dessert, the shed chocolate sundae. One last thing I'd like to ask of Phoebe is for her to ask the opinions of every guest privately so they're honest. And with that, my vision has come to life. Guests on the roof sipping mugs of wine. Chickens cluck happily in the Wendy house, ready to be slaughtered. Actors chomp away on a spruce up, one euro ready meal. A DJ pumps sounds out of a restaurant. These sounds sound a lot like a microwave going off because he doesn't have a oven or a stove, but only a microwave to heat everything up. <laughs> it looks and sounds and smells beautiful and ready for our first two guests. I head to the meeting's appointment up the road and on time are our first two guests, Joel and Maria, all the way from sunny California, vacationing in Europe for their first time. Last night they were in Paris and tonight's their first night in London. At a Pokemon convention, tomorrow brings them to the city, where they want to spend their first evening at the shed. Great choice. I asked them to put on blindfolds, and they look terrified. But after two actresses who arrive at the same time agree, they nod. I lead the four hand in hand into the garden as we approach the house. Maria says, I can hear the sound of a kitchen. No, Maria, you cannot. <laughs> the blindfolds come off, the Americans are silent. We serve boots here. Quote from the waitress, I'll interpret yours and bring a dish that suits. Maria, I get a homely energy from you. Joel, I'm feeling cool, right? I rush into the kitchen and grab two maids off Joe. As per request, the JJ triggers, ding, sounds frequently to disguise the noise of our microwave. I place the parents' dishes down, move away, and observing from distance, watch them stare at their mac and cheese. Maria takes out her phone for a photo, looks at the meal through a camera, pauses, and puts her phone away without taking a picture. Ooh. Instagram. Not worthy. The evening crawls by. Joel spots the two of the roof above him and can't stop looking. After 40 largely quiet minutes, the couple leaves. Joel looks furious. In the meantime, two locals arrive. Full of questions about the place, I let Phoebe take the lead with them, and I've got a table of four to deal with. After seating them and disappearing to grab drinks, I hear a scream from the kitchen. Outside, a lady runs across the restaurant, squealing, Trevor! Oh, good time to introduce Trevor, the man I hired from chickens, is following her, clutching chickens, flapping his wings. <laughs> I snatch the chicken off Trevor and stuff it into the Wendy house, or the shed. As things calm down, the woman friends begin to laugh. Why do you have chickens, they ask. 
It's pick your chicken. We cook the one you like the look of. Kind of like lobster. Their expression is sour. But I thought you were a vegetarian restaurant. I found you as a top-rated veggie restaurant in all of London. My heart skips a beat. I hadn't thought of this. Top of all of London, you mean? I mean, oh, we're screwed. People seem to be enjoying the food. I can't stop thinking flapping chicken. We need to make good with a table of four. I feel a tap on my shoulder. It's one of them, a man, who informs me it's his friend's birthday. An important opportunity to impress arises. I have a quiet word with friend and comedian Lolly Edafe, who's going to privately sing happy birthday to the birthday haver. Lolly begins slushing people who join in until it's just her. It's just beautiful. But probably not enough. The other real table of two leave, and I see out their foursome. I apologize as we go, bumbling about new menu in difficult circumstances. In the midst of my wittering, I'm stopped. Yeah, so about availability, he says. Now we've been here once, is that easier? What? Yeah, it's easier for us to book a table now. Her husband jumps in, right? Yeah, it would be nice to come again. Another person adds, I am absolutely speechless. Uh, that's certainly something we can look at. They wave goodbye and disappear into the night. By this point, the restaurant has slipped considerably in the rankings. The page has now been deleted, but an archived version is still available here. We're in the top spot for almost a fortnight, but that obviously has an effect. I barrel down the garden and scream the news. They want a book again! Joe, Trevor, all the crew look at me. We interrupt in laughter. I'm not surprised, says Phoebe. Show my customers feedback, which is roundly excellent, possibly because I didn't charge them for anything. The whole evening was free because we were documented for a TV show but all possibly because the reality is we didn't have an excellent time. So there you go. I invite people into a hastily assembled collection of chairs outside my shed, and I left thinking it could really be the best restaurant in London, just on the basis of TripAdvisor's rating. You can look at this cynically, argue that the order of the internet is so strong nowadays that people can no longer use their senses properly, but I like to be positive. If I can transform my garden into London's best restaurant, Literally anything is possible. There we go. One of the greatest stories of all time. If any of you jokesters out there in the Chicagoland area want to embark on a similar journey with me, I am all for it. Sign me up, lock, stock, and barrel. Hope you enjoy this fun story and really sit back, relax, and have a chance to reach out to the mastermind of the Shed at Dulwich, none other then Uba Butler. This guy is absolutely crazy. Viral marketer, doing things like no one other. This is just one of his many sons. This episode is sponsored by our friends over at StakeHall. StakeHall is a social wagering app for the next generation. With StakeHall, you can easily challenge your friends to games of skill or even be a third-party judge between mutual friends. Stake your hard-earned cash, a night out of the town, or even just your dignity. They strive to be one of the most entertaining and most interactive social wagering platform on the market. StakeHall is an app that you download on the App Store. Uh, right now it's on iOS only, soon to be coming into Android, where you can challenge your friends to some fun games. I've challenged some friends to a game of ping pong. I've challenged some game friends to a round of hot wing eating contest. Right now I'm in the challenge of Movember, things of that nature. Absolutely incredible. Ever have that friend that 
takes a bet with you, and then the N-word doesn't want to pay up and says, bro, we never shook hands, no longer a problem with stake hall. You can put it up on social media, share it with your friends, get a third-party judge, problem solved. Check them out at stakehall.io. That's S-T-A-K-E-H-A-U-L dot I-O. Or go to the iOS and iOS store and download them. Stay call. Check it out now. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Pod Directory, or SoundCloud. That way, you'll get our latest episodes sent right to your device when they come out every week. For reference, those are all linked up right in the show notes. While you're in there, feel free to leave us a review. If you do, all I can say is two words. Endless gratitude. Writing reviews helps us understand how we can improve the podcast as we all continue along this fun adventure in fashion, fitness, and food. Thank you.